start recording this okay. year. When you are finished, please hang up. Okay, welcome back, uh, everybody. We got the uh, last-minute uh, notification. We were just working on the link that worked without a passcode, and Sadiq figured it out. Baruch Hashem. Uh, like to uh, welcome back Herbie and everybody else. You got to, They even gave you center stage. It's pretty good. I don't know how you managed to do that. Uh, so it must be must be Patexia. You must have paid off Shimmy or something like that. So. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so um, most of you have been following uh, from beforehand. If not, we're going to have a brief, brief chazara of the last shear just to get our bearings and get back into the sugya because it's been a couple of weeks. And if you recall, we can't say finished, but we had concluded for now the basic marmachemis and discussion of tattooing and used it as a natural springboard. It's not really a separate sugya of Chavala because of the kasha that was asked. Um, there should be a marmachem over there. And that was, isn't there a separate issue besides chukasayim, besides tattooing, isn't there an issue of Chavala? The answer to that question is actually not so simple. And it's the perfect segue into this sugya because the sugya in Baba Kama and to other places discusses exactly what bailus we have in our body, body, what permission do we have to make any chavola, what's mutter, what's aser, and we have to uh, spend, it'll take us a couple of weeks to try to figure that out, and then we can go back and figure out whether there's a separate iser by tattooing, or the other part of the pasuk, which we didn't touch upon yet, is srita. There's an iser to make a cut or a gash on a mace, and there's a similar discussion over there. Besides that iser, because of the, the fact the Goyim did it, the Chukasayim aspect, is it also a separate iser chavola, or can we say that you're doing it for a reason? It happens to be, it's usser, but we're not going to give you another set malchus. So we're going to circle back to that uh, later on. Right now, we began the Gemara Baba Kama. The Gemara Baba Kama talks about a case where a lady took off her tichel to bend down well, let's go back in the story. A guy, Ibrashasarabim, took off a tichel and embarrassed her. They charged him 400 zuz. Then he set her up to prove that she didn't really have too much self-respect in the first place, and he asked Rabbi Kiva, who was the Dayan, for some time. He set up Adim, and he threw down a, a jar of a very small amount of oil, not too much value there, but still, people didn't have too much money, and smashed it on her driveway, and she bends down, takes off a tichel, the driveway is the edge of a shesarabim, and has no problem taking off a tichel to grease her hair. And he had Adam there, comes back, and brings the evidence in, and Rabbi Kiva tells him, nice try, not, not that exact lotion, and it doesn't work, and you're still high to pay for Jesus, because even though a person has no right to injure themselves, if they injure themselves, they don't pay because they did it to themselves, and somebody else injures them, they're chayiv. And even if she shouldn't be taking off a tichel embarrassing herself, but if you did it, you're chayiv. That was the Shakavataya and the Mishnah. The Gemara had a shayla whether indeed it's also to be chayiv yourself. And at this point, the Gemara, where we stopped when I finished the Gemara, the Gemara says it's actually a machlekes, what Rabbi Kiva held. One Tana held that it was Aser to be chayvi yourself, and the other Tana held, Rabbi Kiva held, it was Mutter, although probably not advisable. And what we are going to begin, not tonight, is the possible Raya 2 or 3 on where the source would be that you can't be chayvi yourself. If you're yourself and you're not paying yourself and you're Malachi yourself, why not? 
answer might be, well, Hashem owns your body and you have no rishos, even though we go back to the proverbial ear piercing where everybody seems to assume it's fine, even though the baby seems to be crying. Um, that's a good Shiloh, which I don't really have an answer to, even if it's fine. So we must be working on the assumption that it looks so nice that a little bit of crying that definitely when they get older they're going to be Michael. Okay, that's something to think about. We're hurting them now. Right now they're not amused. You take a one-year-old, two-year-old, five-year-old. If the girl is six and she's begging for pierced ears, that's a different story. But if they're very young, they're not begging. Some people do it early. We're assuming that it looks nice and it hurts less now, therefore they'll thank us. I don't know. You're allowed to do. You're depending on mechilo later. The cotton can't be mecha. You're causing tsar now because you think it looks nice. One thing we know for sure: the baby doesn't think that they look any nicer with the earrings, because the baby's um, a half a year old or less. So you're doing it all shame sci-fi. Normally it's aser to be chayvul somebody else for sure, and even yourself. But that is the medic. I'm not questioning that, even though I am. Uh, that's the medic, and we assume everybody is mechil and everybody's thrilled with it. Lamaisa. Besides the piercing of the ears, uh, anything else, and there are going to be a lot of examples in the sugya, from giving blood to dieting. Um, unfortunately, in this present matzav, uh, giving blood and plasma is a very big uh, possibility of uh, Yeshua. And there's a mitzvah to do it, and you can save somebody's life. So obviously there's a mitzvah. It's not going to be Yitzhar Chavolov. Let's say a person stop wants to give blood, they're not... Uh, doing it for Pikuch Nefoshis in front of them, and they're in uh, North Dakota, they're collecting Stam, and Ramesha is going to have a chuva on that. It's not going to be Pushit. And again, we're going to get to that in the, in the coming weeks. Right now, we're in the middle of um, a different issue, and we need this background to go back to the Gemara, so we're going to spend the next couple of nights going over this, and then we'll have the information to go back. This is a bit of a subtopic and a subtopic, which is what's so fascinating about the sugya, but we have to have this information for the Gemara's Raya. So, the main copy you have is the Gemara Baba Kama. I just summarized what we're up to. You don't need that tonight. We'll go back to the copy you have, which has the Navi in it, and Shmuel Aleph. We're on page five. Go back to page five. And the last thing we had in Shear was as follows. To the end of Shmuel Aleph, Shaul goes out to battle with his three sons against the Plishtim, knowing full well he's going to lose. The reason he knows is because he has information from Shemayim after he brought back Shmuel and Avi in a seance, which is normally us, sir, but he needed an answer because Hakanas Tafashis didn't know what to do in the battle. And Shmuel and Avi told him that, unfortunately, Klaisel is going to lose, and you and your three children are going to die, and the good news is you'll be here with me in Olam Haba tomorrow. He only told him you'll be here with me in Olam Haba tomorrow, and he understood that in order to be in Olam Haba, you can't be here. So that was the good news with the diak of the bad news. So Shaul knows very clearly that he's not coming home from this battle. He goes in as a brave king that he was, and most inevitable for Klai Yisrael. A few people ask me after the shear, why did he go? Which is a fair question. Why indeed did he go? He knew he was going to lose. The answer is, that was the whole shayla. Love Hashemayim, he's for a psak. This wasn't a shayla. I mean, it was a shayla in strategy. What is Russ and Hashem over here? Love Hashemayim is more in a psak. The question over here was, the plishtim are gathering. I don't feel Seat Hashemaya. They outnumber us. Normally, that's not a problem if Hashem is going to help, but he knew he didn't have Seat Hashemaya, and he was right. And he didn't know, should he stay home? Should he run? Should a Kaisar run? Where is it going to be the least amount of collateral damage? That was really his question. And the answer was, go to battle. You'll put up a front. It'll save more Yidin. They'll be happy with just conquering 
the soldiers and yourself killing whoever they kill there, but the rest of the clients will be able to run, and it'll be a net gain or less of a loss. And that takes a lot of a serious nefesh going in, knowing you're sacrificing yourself and doing this to put up a fight in order that there'll be less casualties. And he did it. He did it, him and his sons. Sons were killed first, and he is now surrounded. He knows he's going to get captured if he doesn't do something, and he tries to commit suicide. I say tribe, as the Pusik says, he fell on a sword, couldn't pierce the armor, and he was weak. And then he asked his honest bearer, didn't want to do it, rightfully so. And then a fellow allegedly came along, this Narmaleki. Uh, this is his story. The Radak, the first of me, I'm not sure, and either was David, whether he's telling the truth. But what he came to tell David afterwards was that I happened to be on Har Gilboya, which is already strange. You don't happen to walk on the mountain where they're having a raging battle. And I happened to walk by, and the Malach called me over, and I saw he was struggling, and he said, please kill me. And I obliged, because if he had a head there, I'm not going to second-guess him, and I killed him. So he was trying to ingratiate himself with David Amel, who's the next king, and he's an Amaleki, so he wants to live. So David Amel didn't know yet whether to believe him. We'll go back to the Pusik and see that inside. But the question we left off with is, how can you believe him? You can't incriminate yourself. Can't walk at the base and say, as Machal Shabbos, they can't kill you based on that. You need Adim. So question number one, how did David kill him afterwards? And number two, was he a Yid, was he not? If he wasn't a Yid, then he can give Adis on himself. The reason you can't give Adis on yourself is because Ein Adam Mesamatz HaRoshab is Adam Kerv La'atzmai. And Korva is only absorbed by Yidin. A guy can give Adis on his father, on his brother, and on himself. So he can give Adis on himself if he did something wrong, and he can incriminate himself. It doesn't make a difference what the Adis is. So was this fellow, as Narmaleki, a son of a Narmaleki, his father converted, and he's the second generation, in which case maybe he's Jewish? Maybe not, because the Mechilta says that if an Amaleki converts, it's not even Chal B'dievib, because you can't accept Amalekim, there's a Chiv to get rid of them, and the Mechilta holds that even B'dievib is no good, and the Mechilta says, that's why David killed him, because he said, you just told me your father tried to convert, it didn't work, he's an Amaleki, you're an Amaleki, and the assumption was his mother was an Amaleki, if, um, if you want to go after the mother, and therefore Yechai Misa is an Amaleki, not because he killed Shol. That's one possibility. The other possibility is that the whole thing was made up, and he didn't kill Shol, because the Pasuk, if you remember, that we saw inside, sort of said that he ended up finishing off the job, and he died, and now Amaleki had nothing to do with it, and he just made the whole thing up to ingratiate himself to David Amel. That's the second possibility. We don't even know if he's telling the truth, and if he's not, why would David kill him? That we're going to see tonight. And a lot of this Machlekes is because there is Machlekes in Machilta and other Makarios and Chazal, whether an Amaleki can convert if he comes in peacetime, not after the battle starts. The Rambam holds he can, the Ravid holds he can't like this Machilta, And then... The Mechilta seems to be saying, even Medievit, if he did, the Geirus is not Chal, and he and his children are still Goyim. So, there are a lot of options over here. That's why I'm reviewing it. We'll go back to the Pasuk. Uh, go to page 5 on your set in the Navi of Shmuel Bays now. And on page 5, go to Pasuk at the very top of the page. We'll see it quickly again. This is this Namaleki story of Emma to love. I killed him because I knew that he was mortally wounded. He tried to fall on his own sword. He's not going to live anyway. I took his crown to prove that I was there. So, 
he was there. The question is, did he really kill him? Or did he take it afterwards? The other part of the story is he happened to be wandering on Hargobaya after the war was long over and he was just collecting booty and he found the crown. Rashi says it was this Tulan Shalresh and Tulan Shalyad. David Amalek and his men heard this. He writes Kriya after hearing the horrible news. Not Malachi thought he would welcome the news because Shaul was his enemy. He obviously didn't know what a tzaddik David was. And his men, and they cried, they fasted. The other children also, but Yenison was the main one and the main officer, the main tzaddik. And of course, Klai Yisrael had many casualties. Then David turns his attention to this Narmaleki. Can you repeat to me your story? Where exactly are you from? Who are you? So he says, My father was a Garamaleki. And David Amalek understandably gets very upset with him. How dare you touch the king? Kill the king, so you claim. If you have the main set that you downloaded, the pages are out of order. The flip of the, the back side of the page you have probably is uh, page six. Gosh, Pagaloi, and he had him executed. Go to the Matsudas before you turn the page. Still on page five. Uh, Matsudas at the bottom, three lines at the bottom, Yud Gimel. Emi Za'ata, Me'eza Makam Ata, Imaitcha Dan Yeshaberet Amalek. Do you still live in the Amaleki territory? Ata Ger. Who are you? Jewish or not Jewish? You're coming Jewish. So he says, Ben Ish Ger Amaleki, next Matsud is David. Oid Avi Balagor Beret Yisrael, Vahun is Geir. Amalek is a nomadic tribe. They live not far from Beret Yisrael. And he's my father came to live here and he's Magyar. Again, Machlekes, Rishainim, and Machlekes Chazal, whether or not they can be Magyar, and if they are, is it Chal Badiyevin? Yudalid in the Mitzvahs David Echla Yeresa Ratzalam Rahovati Yisrael Meleda. If you're born Jewish, you should know already. You grew up here. Echla Yeresa Me Hashem Lishlechav Meshicha. If you're from, everybody then was from if they were Jewish. Is how dare you kill the king? In Kitziv Lecha, even though he told you to do it, Hayakar Vlamas, and he was a Geisay Satrefa, still Aser. Mikol Malkam, page six. In the Mitzvahs Mikol Malkam Chatasal Hashem. Okay, go to the top of this page on 6, and he has him executed. And before he executes him, he lets him know on what legal grounds. And that's the big question over here. Your blood is on your head. So the two ways to learn it. it means Shaul's blood is on your head or your blood is on your head that you testified against yourself and we have a right to accept the testimony. We'll get back to that in a moment. You yourself admitted. Again, the problem is, if he's Jewish, you can't give incriminating evidence on yourself and get killed for it. So take a look at the Metzudah's David again in Tez Zion. al So, again, this could mean both things. Damchal Roshecha is his damas on your head. And the fact that you admitted it is your own fault, and the fact that you did it is obviously your own fault. Ki Remember, the Rishonim here say, we're not sure he's telling the truth. Did he make up his story and happen to, to walk by there and take his tefillin? So even if you're not telling me the truth, how can I kill you? I'm not sure whether you admitted it. And if you're a guy, you can give aid to yourself. One aid, a curve is fine. 
if he's Jewish, then we still have a problem which you have to address. And if you're not telling the truth, you're making it up because you want to get my good side because you know you think Shaul was my enemy, which is not true. They were at odds, but David didn't want any harm to befall him. So what does that mean? So the Mepharshim say that even if he was a Yid, then he can't give Edith and himself. As a Harah Shah, David has a right to make a point. You can't go around killing kings no matter what your excuses. And for the stability of the Malchus, that's very, very important. So he had the right to kill him anyway, and the Chutzpah to kill him with the plan in the back of his mind that uh, David's going to like me for this. So... He said, Yechai Misa Melch has a right to do that as a murder of Malchus, even though he's a murder on a different Malchus. He has a right to make that point. On the side that he wasn't the Yid, he can give aid to sin himself, and he's Chai Misa on the side. He's an Amaleki. Um, still, that's the side he's a guy. He can kill him as an Amaleki. So there are three possibilities over here. And we still don't know who this was. Now, one fascinating thing I mentioned, I think, at the end of the year is that there's a Shita that holds that this Amaleki was Daiga Daimi, which really makes things complex. Taiga Daimi was up to no good when he suggested the Shaul to kill out Noivia Kainim as helping David. He was jealous of David. He was trying to get David killed, trying to get them killed for helping David, and carried it out himself, which would explain why he gets himself killed over here. He's coming to David to like sort of make peace so he doesn't get rid of him because he knows Shaul is dying and that's the end of his reign. So uh, my son Arya over here, who's in the corner, uh, actually asked me Akasha after the shear. Uh, he said that uh, Natsad that this Naraleki was Daig. So, is there a possibility that both Shotim might fit in that Daig wasn't Jewish? We look at Daig at them, he's a member of Shaul's cabinet. They're Makaris, he's a racial Sanhedrin. Well, he's a racial Sanhedrin, he's certainly Jewish. They didn't just focus on Zion Mitzis. But even if you put that out of the picture, it's unlikely Shaul would have in his cabinet as advisors. Uh, a, non, uh, a non-Yid uh, resident uh, happened to be there who had some difficult past. So the Mishnah in Sanhedrin lists the first Mishnah in Perichelik, and the 11th Perich lists Elu Shalom Chelik Lam Perichelik. So the very end of the Mishnah, it talks about Arbe Hedyetis, talks about the three Malachim Elam Haba, and the Arbe Hedyetis. And the list is, Hedyetis means non-royalty. Bilam, Daig, Achitefel, and Gechazi. So, Arya's question to me was, oh, how can Daig be a guy? He wouldn't be in this Mishnah. The answer is, well, Bilam certainly wasn't a Yid. Now, the question is, how do you read this Mishnah? There are two ways to read this. There's Bilam, Daig, Achitefel, and Gechazi. Achitefel was certainly Jewish. Matter of fact, he was Bashev's grandfather. Very Jewish. Gechazi, also a Yid. He's a, the chief of staff, the Gabai, for Elisha. Bilam is certainly a guy. So we have four names here. Three of them, we know exactly what the story is. And it's interesting, Daig is a bit of a wild card. Uh, it could be based on some of these chazals. It could be he was a guy and you'd break it up two and two. Bilam and Daig, and Achitefel and Gechazi. Or is it Bilam and then he's the guy and he had potential, lost his own haba, and then Daig, Achitefel and Gechazi. So that would be two possible ways to read the Mishnah. Yeah. 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 say that the, the fact that Bilam's there proves to us that Goyim do have all Yes, them. yes. So he, it's, it's not using Daig. Use uh, well, Bilam is first. So they don't need two examples necessarily. But yeah, most people, without this whole background, with these three possible Pshatim in this whole sugya, you ask the stomach guy in the street, was Daig a Yid? They would look at you a little funny. Like, of course he is. If you know the history of what Daig is before, he's with Shaul and he's helping run the Malchus. So Pashtun says he is, but there is a possibility 
that uh, Narmaleki was still not Jewish because the Geirus wasn't Chal, and some do say Narmaleki was Daig. So if you put the two together, I'm not saying you have to, then it's possible he wasn't, in which case uh, David killed him because he's still Narmaleki, and the Mishnah would read Bilam and Daig on one side and Achitefel and Gechazi on the other side. So that's an interesting possible twist. Okay, this is the background for the first of the two cases we're going to see. The Medrash is going to darshan, and we're going to get to this uh, either tonight or tomorrow. The Medrash is going to darshan, Aches Dimchal Nashasechem Edrash. We're going to see the Psukim now tonight, first to the context, that the Torah and Pashas Nayach, Asers of the Zion Mitzvah's murder, one of the Zion Mitzvahs, and one of the Tayyag Mitzvahs, obviously. Zion Mitzvahs are a subset. And it's not only Asser to kill someone, it's Asser to kill oneself. Suicide is Asser. So the Gemara is going to darshan that, and the Medrash is going to darshan it, and the Medrash is going to say, Ach. It only tells us Ach means an exception. There's always an exception to every rule. And the Medrash is going to bring two exceptions. One is Shoal. Why was he allowed to try to kill himself or to succeed in killing himself or ask they to kill him or his arms bare? Whatever happened, but he died. Either he committed suicide himself or had help, but committed suicide. Why was that Mutter? It wasn't Mutter. And Shoal dies at Sadiq and goes to Alam Habba. So... It's easier to say it's Mutter, you can say he went to Olam Haba, but uh, that was one of his Averas, but ultimately he went to Olam Haba. Well, Shmuel and Avi told him, you'll be with me tomorrow, so whatever Gehenna he might have had was pretty quick. It wasn't 12 months. He said, you'll be with me tomorrow. So, many are going to learn they did the right thing. The question is why, and the second exception is going to discuss Hanani Meshav Azaya, which is a real fascinating story, Bifnei what exactly they were or were not supposed to be doing. But we're not going to get to that yet. First, let's see the Mahalach of the Psukim, so we can understand where this rush is coming from. So, the next copy you have, uh, Tzaddik, I, I don't have which number it was, and I hope I uploaded already. There's a set that is three pages, Bracious, Parashas Naya, Perik Tess. Do you, do you have it in there? David, do you see it in there? you have it in your tzaddik? Do you see it in the uh, general files? Just let me know if the Elam has it. If not, you can turn around and pull a chumash off your shelf. 14. 14, thank you. Okay, so take a look at page 1, Pasuk Aleph, Paraktes, Pasuk Aleph, and we'll get a quick overview because otherwise we're not going to understand the drosh. Tremendous focus. This will be repeated a few times for the bracha, for the tzivoy. Goyim had a mitzvah provu to Matantera. Afterwards, it was transferred to the Yidden. Might be a mitzvah of Shevis by Goyim, the Shailim Rishainim, to populate the world in general. Uh, but it's certainly a mitzvah here for Nayach, especially after the Mabel. Pazig Beis. Marachem vechitzchem ye'al kol chayas aretz v'al kol oif hashamayim. Before the Mabel, people were so bad that the animals lost their respect and they had no fear from B'nai Adam and they were attacking and maiming people and killing people. So Kosh Baruch said, you'll be able to function in society and the animals won't be taking over and you'll be able to walk around without fear of attack. You would never imagine that that Shaila would come up since Pashas Nayach ever in the history of the world. It's uh, hopefully not to a great extent, but happening now in some of the more deserted streets. Uh, some pretty scary. Uh, I would stay away from Africa and the Far East in the meanwhile, because we got some uh, pretty suspicious-looking characters around. We hope it uh, wouldn't apply over here. I think in New York, the only thing that might start taking to the streets are cats and other such smaller animals. They're nemesis, so hopefully it won't have any lions. But pretty, pretty scary prospect. But before the marble, the animals looked at them as animals because they're doing averus. So. 
Hashem puts that back into place, the natural order, so to speak, a supernatural order. Not only will they fear you, but you can now start eating them. Time of other mission, he couldn't shecht, he couldn't kill to eat. Whether if an animal died, can he eat it? Because um, Chazal talks about the malachim barbecuing for Adam Rishon and Chava in Gan Eden and how perfect it was. And Taisa says, what barbecue? He couldn't eat meat. So he says, if they died, so hopefully died of natural causes or else it wouldn't make very good barbecue meat. Now it's clearly Mutter. Page 2. Just like you're allowed to eat vegetables and wheat before, now Basar is Mutter. Rashi and Pazah Gimel, Lachem Yeh La'achla, Shalah Sheisi La'adam Rishon, Basah Yerek Esav, Lachem Kierek Esav, Shehif Karti La'adam Rishon, Asat Lachem Esakol, now you can eat meat. However, Pazah Dalad, Ach Basah Benash Adam Olay Sechelu, even if you're eating meat, you can't eat Eivim Menachai, you've got to wait till the animal is dead, and Eivim Menachai is an Isser for Gaim as well. We mentioned, I think, a couple of occasions, it's one of the Zion Mitzvahs, why was it such a Yetzirah? It had to be the only seven mitzvahs. Without refrigeration, if you traveled, you needed meat that was fresh. And Nebuch, they, they would uh, take limb by limb, piece by piece, and the animal would be bleeding, and they would have food. It's, okay, if they had to survive, they had to survive. But Tyrus said, that's too cruel. Either you kill the animal quickly, or you don't eat meat. And that's why Eivim Menachai is Aser. Rashi and Dalet, Basa Benafshai, Aserlam Eivim Menachai, Kalamir Kazman Shanafshai, Boi Loi Sechle HaBasar. Benasha Dama, Bai Nafsha Boy, Rashi says, Basa Benasha Lasachela, Re Eva Menachai, Apanasha Dama Lasachela, Re Damanachai. Two different Isurim, Damanachai and Eva Menachai. Pasakei, Vaach es Dimchem Ashasecha Medrash. Now, in the context of this, so Hashem says, I muttered you killing animals, but you can't let that be confused with killing each other. We'd say, what's the Havamina? Well, you would think that if they give him Roshos, maybe it's survival of the fittest. And you can't even kill yourselves, meaning you don't have that much bilis on your body for sure. Rashi says in Pasuk Hey, does not apply to any humans. Even if there's no mark, if the person died, the neshama doesn't have any blood. It means he's no longer living. Rashi repeats again. He doesn't repeat this fact I told you outside. He's explaining why they had this problem beforehand and the animals, lions and tigers were attacking them with wild abandon, and many people getting killed. So the Pasuk is interesting. And the Rabban talks about the animals of any Bechira. So the Pasuk is warning the Chayas. The only Pasuk talking, warning the Bria not to start up in human beings anymore. That's what Rabban discusses. Is there, uh, they had to be warned. Sounds like there's something to warn them about. Uh, Barash says the problem was they were allowed to kill humans beforehand. 
And here's a famous Gemara Makis that if a person kills somebody without Edim, Hashem will catch up with him and justice will be served. And if he killed somebody, even Beshegig and nobody saw, Hashem will invite both of them to some hotel lobby, as Rashi describes, brings to the Gemara in the next Pasa, in the next Ish Achiv. What does that mean? So here it's the retribution of Akash Baruch Hu, and justice will be served whenever Hashem deems it in his timetable. He should be running to near Miklat. And if he tries to hide it, page three. Literally, Hashem will invite them to a hotel lobby. Ruvain will get up on a ladder. He'll be painting the walls, and Shimon will walk by, and he'll drop his paint or fall off the ladder and kill Shimon. Shimon, who is Chai Misa for killing Bemeza, will now get it. Now this will be in the hotel lobby. Everybody will be watching at a time when people are in hotels, and they'll see that he killed Bishak, and now will be forced to go to the Ermikla. One more Pasik, Pasik Vav, two more actually. And this is also an insight into our sugya. The reason we don't have bailis in our body is because Hashem gave us our body to have a terror mitzvah, and we have to protect our health. We can't shorten life. And the particular hideousness of the Avera is that you're also tampering with a Tzalem al-Kim. Tzalem al-Kim means Alpinists are many different things. The ability to have Debra, the ability to think, the ability to have Bechira. But Pashari and the Pasig is the body is in some format. Hashem has no form. There's a Tzalem al-Kim. Some of Hashem says that human beings stand up straight. Nobody else stands up straight, and that shows the independence and the Isabel Bechira. Many Pshatim, but Tyra points out what makes murder so bad on many levels is you're stopping somebody from continuing their life and what they're supposed to be doing here, but also you're tampering with the Tzalem Elohim, and that will have a major impact on our body if you hold you can't do any Chaval on the Tzalem Elohim. Vatem Pruvu. And again, the purpose of sanctity of life is to increase life and to increase population in the world. Not a very popular concept of recent vintage. Uh, there are people who still claim that we have to have uh, severe control of the population, any control for that matter, because we're going to run out of food or air or water. And there is no such thing. There's plenty of food. The question is getting it to where it's supposed to be at the right time. And when engineering is necessary for seeds, we had a share in this once, like Monsanto has been doing in other big companies. I'm saying they always get it right, but if they're trying to increase the food supply and this is what they have to do and they've tested it and they believe it's healthy, there's pushback on whether they're telling the truth. But not everything can be a conspiracy theory. Just an important nakuda. Uh, some of the conspiracy theories might be true, but if you believe all of them, you know, the Maisa with the Chavaz Chaim, when he uh, came to be a witness to somebody in Rodden for a Yid, and the uh, prosecution got up and uh, after they introduced the Chavaz Chaim, he says, I object, Your Honor. They introduced the Chavaz Chaim as a tzaddik adar, the God adar, who's about to give aid this, so they should free the guy. And the prosecution got up and says, Your Honor, you believe all that? You believe all those stories they tell about him? And the judge wisely said to him, he says, I don't know if I believe all the stories, but they don't say those stories about you and me. So, 
there's something to be said for that. Uh, you can have situations where once in a while conspiracy theory can be true, but if you start reading all of them and drive yourself crazy, we're nervous enough as it is. So uh, I'm mentioning that because that people want to know, hashkafically, should we believe the Chinese did this to take over the world and this and that? I said, you need more things to worry about? Not enough to worry about. Now you got to worry the Chinese are taking over the world. They have enough people to take over the world anyway. If they didn't get, that means Hashem is still in charge, which we know already. So what are you worried about? One guy told me, I'm worried. If they want, they could get on boats and just invade just by walking. I said, they need a lot of boats. I know they built things in China very quickly, but if they invade Manhattan, it's their real estate. What are they trying to do? Lower the real estate? <laughs> so, like, it's, there are so many things that we have to focus on and be concerned about. To spend time on conspiracy theories is um, at least bitzel terror and probably uh, causing Moagman's nefesh, even if some of them happen to be true. So uh, the fact that we're creating and we have the technology, Hashem gave us the technology to increase the world food supply is just showing that Hashem said, and the world is not full yet. Blues means fill up the world. We have plenty of room and we have the know-how from Akash Baruch Hu, plenty of food. So we're not running out any time. The question is who's holding it and who's hoarding it and where it has to get to. Lamaisa, the clues we have from this shtickle will end here. We'll continue tomorrow night. Number one, Achaz Dimcham Ashasechem Edrash, which we're going to focus on tomorrow night. You can't be chayvi yourself to take a life, take your life. What does that include? Does it include any chavala, just taking of life? What are the exceptions? What's the Ach coming to tell us? And what do we learn from the fact that the Tzalem Elokim certainly makes the body off-limits for total control. Do we have any control and any choices? That's going to be as we develop the sugya. And the next copy, just so you're, for those listening, uh, if you don't have it yet, just somebody verify it's on there, is a Medjish Rabbah with two pages. A Medjish Rabbah and then a Das Sekenim. Page one of the Medjish Rabbah, Ach Lahavi. Is that already on the, um, on the system? I think it's 13. 13, okay. So we're going to start with 13 tomorrow night. So if you guys didn't print it out yet, you can print it out, and we will get into the deek from this Pusik and then circle back and see what the Sugya wants from this. So uh, wish everybody a good night, and good to see everybody back. Good night, thank you. Uh, Kaltiv. 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 Good to see you. Take care, take care.